0: Uh, memory that was just a first in my life. It was one of those firsts. So, our first—I think I've got the point across. Our firsts are beginning points for all of us, aren't they? They're beginning points. They're data points. They're lines in the sand of where something significant happened, and from there, uh, life goes on. And hopefully, we've come to understand when we've drawn the line in the sand, something significant happened. First day of school got your license, first driven by yourself, whatever it may have been, you'll understand that those experiences then you can put in your pocket and you can take into the rest of your life, and they actually build a future for you, especially this, the, the firsts in your life that have been significant and positive experiences. And hopefully, uh, we, uh, we realize that they're opportunities for us to gain responsibility, Often first, are things often that promote us and promote responsibility in our lives, I like getting your license. that's a responsible thing to get, isn't it? It promotes hopefully wisdom, it promotes hopefully a hope, and things that you can take in your future. See, and as I started to think about the first things that happen in my life um, are important moments, first things often leads us to the more important things, and I've realized they lead us to learn what we need to place first and what we don't need to place first when you think about it because there's some things that I've done first in my life and I've realized I'm not going to do that again. Who's ever got any of those? Uh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. I remember the time that I had a fist fight at school, West Primary School here in Gladstone. I took on three guys, beat the first, got, plump, got pumbled the second and run away from the third and I thought... I'm never going to do that again. And I did it. I learned something, what I need to put first. Communication, negotiation. Um, Guys, you don't have to beat me up. (laughs) Um, There was a time, I remember the first time I received the cane. For everybody 25 and under or 30, forget it, but you don't know what the cane is. Who knows what the cane is? Who received the cane? Andrew Young never received the cane. I received the cane, and I, I more importantly, I remember why I received the cane, and I said to myself, "I'll never do that again," and I never did. That was grade seven. When I got to grade eight, I got the cane again, <laughs> and, I, and I remember saying to myself, "I'll never do that again." At least be caught doing that again, and uh, and I never did. So there's some things in life that you say are first in life, but you know that you're never going. You learn from them. You're never going to do. But there's some things in life that are first, and we need to realize. Hey, we need to repeat those things. They're good things, first. And it leads to the question: What do you place first? What do you place first? Because it's a very good question because the Bible is literally littered with comments and principles and truths and Scripture about what we need to place first in our lives. What we need to place first. Actually, Jesus himself said this in Revelations. There's several verses in the Bible. Revelation chapter twenty-two, thirteen. 13. And we're going to stick them up there on the screen as I go through them quickly. But Revelation 22, 13. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end of what? The... And last, Did you know the God that we serve, the Jesus Christ that we've committed our life to, his, he was there at the beginning. He was the first. What does that mean? Everything created that was created was created. It was good. That's what he said. It's all good. Unfortunately, between the first time that he, him and his father and the Holy Spirit created stuff and, and down through history, uh, we see that the world has made a good job of messing that up, haven't we? But here's the hope. He's not only the first. But he's the last. So that means what he had at first, he's going to bring back at the last days. There's going to be a new heavens and a new earth, it talks about in Scripture. So that's a hope, isn't it? Even though between here, first, and the last, there's a whole lot of rubbish and and struggle. I tell you what, we have a God that is going to bring about, um, you know, produce something that's going to be a hope and a future and a wonderful thing. Isn't Isn't that a wonderful reassurance? He was the first. And he also promises to be the last when he returns again for us. So I love that, that our Savior has got it wrapped up. It's just that what we do in the middle, that can become the problem, can't it? I love what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 in regards to first. 6.31, he says, "Don't So don't worry what we shall eat, or what we shall drink, or what we shall wear, for after all these things, we'll keep on going, I'll read this one, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek what? First. The kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be what? Added to you. You know that verse. So many of us know that verse. All seek first. I love this because Jesus identifies three basic needs of humanity. Food, water, and clothing. He says the essentials for 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 sustain life is found in those three things. But it's interesting that he, he says, even those things that create so much security and so much uh, security for us uh, that are essential for our being, he says, you know what? When you place me first, they're, they're, they're better than that, they, they provide a, a sustenance. For your spiritual person, which is which is even, um, it's, it's probably Jesus is not saying it's more important. He's just saying that you need to place it first. Because when you place me first, it's just, it, it actually allows me to make sure that all the stuff that you really need for life will be taken care of. That's a great thought, isn't it? then all the things will also be added unto you. All the things that have sustained you for your physical life, if you place you first, your spiritual man first, and make sure through me you are sustained, putting me first, my kingdom first, I'll make sure that all the other stuff is looked after. I love that. Jesus is saying, just don't, just don't run after the things. You know, Don't run after those things. If we were to look at fashion today in clothes, I'm going to, you know, it never fails to amaze me that people, that those fashion runway shows and all those ladies walk down with this incredible, you never would wear them. They're not practical. Why waste the time? <laughs> Why run after that stuff? You know, You know, a shirt, a dress, whatever you need, a hat, pretty basic. You, know, you don't need anything elaborate. So, anyway, Jesus is saying, come on, seek first the kingdom of God. He knew, he, he knows that we, our life will go so much better when we seek him, put him first. So much better. Interesting, isn't it? Jesus identifies that life going well is not determined by doing certain things, okay, but by doing certain things first. The difference, life doesn't go well just by doing certain things. But Jesus identifies and shows us by doing certain things first. So with those thoughts, I just want to share some things that I think Jesus would say to, God would say to us today. What we, how do we do that? How do we seek first the kingdom of God? How do we put him first in our lives? Here's the first one. By being very aware of what comes out of your mouth. Okay, what comes out of your mouth? Because it says in Scripture, I haven't got this verse, but there's life and death in the power of your tongue scripture says that your tongue and I haven't got this verse either but your tongue is a small member James says and it's able to steer your life to have incredible success or incredible um, defeat incredible grief incredible pain in life your tongue has that power to do that it's like the rudder a little rudder of a massive ship can turn that ship, and so your tongue is out of power. I think we've got to be careful what comes out of our mouths. I love the biblical principle. There's many verses in the Bible that talk about what comes out of our mouth and how we need to be careful of it. But there's no more greater and significant um, um, thought than that we should have um, uh, praise and thanksgiving come out of our mouth. And not just in the good times... But at all times, the Bible says, and everything, give thanks for this is the will of God for you concerning. Isn't that true? In everything. And, and that's, that's probably easier said than done. But I love the principle in Scripture. Did you know that God realized his chosen people, the Jewish nation, were going to have some problems? If you remember, they were originally enslaved in Egypt, and out of Egypt, God brought them And of course, they were hoping the promised land would be just weeks away, but it was 40 years away. And so for 40 years, they marched through a desert. But did you know that they encamped? And when they camped, um, after so many days, God, of course, would say, it's time to move on. And uh, the first uh, tribe out of those nations, because there was 12 tribes that made up the nation of Israel, because If you go back to Genesis, you'll see that there was one man who had 12 sons. His name was Jacob. 12 sons represented the 12 tribes. Jacob, his name was changed to Israel. His name was changed eventually to Israel. He became the nation of Israel. His sons became the 12 tribes. And so the interesting thing is when they were camped in the desert, God said, "Um, you know what I want you to do? Um, Actually, can we put up... Can we put up Numbers two nine? Just, I just, flip one verse and go to the next one. Numbers, and all who were numbered according to the armies of the forces with Judah, one hundred eighty six thousand four hundred. These shall break camp. Or they shall break camp. What first? Interesting. The tribe of Judah had to break camp first. In other words, when they marched through the desert, Judah was the one that led the rest of the other tribes. Now that's significant. I'll tell you in a moment. Here's another verse. Whenever Israel went into battle, they would always put Judah out in front. Let's read a verse: Judges 20. And the children of Israel rose and went up to the house of God to inquire of God. And uh, there should be some more. And he said, "Which of us shall go up first? Uh, shall go up first to battle against the children of? I think it's Bethleh- uh, Benjamites or Benjamin." And the Lord said, "Who? Judah first. Here's the insight that I want you to. You might know this, but the word Judah in the Hebrew means what? Praise. It means praise. Um, so, whenever Israel went at the battle, whenever Israel marched through the desert, heading towards their promised destination, the promised land, they always put Judah out in front. Why did they put Judah out in front? Because Judah was praise. It was the nation, it was the tribe that praised. I want to say, in life, you've got to realize, whatever you're facing in your battle, whenever you're coming through the promises of God, if you're ever going to receive the promised land or the promise of God, it comes on the back of what comes out of your mouth. It comes from praise, and it comes from thanksgiving. I tell you, that's a powerful principle. Not only is Old Testament scripture saying, put your praise first, New Testament says it as well. Come on, let the praise, let the meditations of your heart you know, be and uh, the thoughts of your mind be acceptable unto him. Let praise lift our, lift our, um, our, our um, personality, our soul. Praise is powerful. That's why I suppose in church we do it. But you know what? It's just not a Sunday thing. It's an every day of the week thing, isn't it? You can lift your voice and say, in everything, I'm going to give you praise, God. I'm going to give you praise. It's powerful because God, I believe, the principle is put it first in your life. It's not easy sometimes. You know when you're facing a difficult thing? Um, But when you give a voice to praise him and give him thanks, there's no better time in the the desert times or when uh, on the horizon of your life, there's a struggle coming. You can see it coming. That's the time to lift your voice. To lift your voice and make sure that praise comes out. Um, to us, it's just praise and thanksgiving, but to God, it's a clear call for His support, help, and grace to be applied to our lives. You know, to us, it's just great, um, praise and thanksgiving, uh, but to God, it's the clear sound of I'm needed in this area. To us, it's praise and thanksgiving, but to God, it's the clear sound of I'm, hey, they're putting me first in their lives. To us, it's, the praise, it's just the sound of praise and thanksgiving. But to God, it's a clear invitation for God to supply all our needs according to his riches and glory. Praise and worship, folk. Praise and thanksgiving has that power. And you know what? It's easy to do it in, in sometimes in the context of the body of Christ. But you know, it day, Monday through to Friday, it's an opportunity. So, Father, I'm going to give you praise. You know, the other, week, the other day, just this past week, I woke up and I was just thinking about this. Oh, i got to do this. i got to do this. And it starts to weigh you down. And then I thought, just wait a second. Why don't I just think about my blessings, count my blessings? And I just said, Father, I just thank you for that. And then it's amazing how it changes your mood just to give him thanks and to put that first before you put all the issues that want to come and invade your brain and your thinking, hey? Come on. Attitude of gratitude will attract the mercy of God. And the attitude of grumbling attracts the interest of the devil, I tell you. But an attitude of gratitude, just the praise. So I believe the principle to put praise and worship first is, is something we need to continually apply because that is the way that we're going to put His kingdom first. Come on, it's easy sometimes um, uh, to say it, but you know, to do it, to do it. I've, uh, I've spent some times that I have some difficult times in life, and through tears, I've praised Him but I tell you what, something invades your soul that gives you an inner strength the Holy Spirit. And he comes and just says, come on, I'm going to give you the strength. It actually says, in my weakness, I can know his, what? Strength. The interesting thing is, how do we do that? I'd I like to tell you that today how you can do that. It's through what comes out of your mouth, through praise. In the midst of your weakness, you can know his strength. Praise and thanksgiving. Here's another one about what Jesus said put first. He says, "What comes out of your not only what comes out of your mouth, but what comes out of your heart." Matthew twenty-three verses twenty-five to twenty-six, talking about the religious leaders and the Pharisees. He says, "How terrible for you, leaders teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! For you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of extortion and self-indulgence." Blind Pharisees, first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish that. The outside of them may be clean first. What does it say? What does it say, clean first? It says what? Outside. First clean the inside. Sorry. (laughs) Not the outside. (laughs) Who said outside? First clean the inside, the cup and the outside of them will be all clean also. Clean the inside. Jesus is talking very directly to the religious leaders of the day. He's given them a real... uh, he's just giving it to them and, and he says guys he uses this illustration he says you know you're like he actually says in another um, passage he says you're like whitewashed tombs full of dead men's bone or dead people's bones that's a brilliant description isn't it white on the outside but dead on the inside same description here of the cup clean on the outside dirty on the inside he says you know what you need to do come on there's a redeeming quality here. Just clean the inside of the cup. Give more attention to the inside of the cup. Give more time to what's inside you. You know, um, Be aware of that you may say, well, hey, you know, this is the same as, what, as the previous point about what comes out of your mouth. And you would be right to a certain extent, but the truth is I've discovered I can hide things in my heart and never speak of them. And so we've got to deal sometimes with what is in our heart, isn't it? What's in there that we know is just... It, it, and, and God says, would you, would you do me a favor? God knows we've got issues. He just says, would you, would you do a favor for yourself? Would you just apply some cleansing agent to the inside? You can make the outside look pretty and all nice, that's fine. But would you just pay more attention to the inside? Would you put it first? first clean the inside he says you know when you clean the inside you look a lot better on the outside after that anyway because <laughs> it's possible to have a clean cup on the outside you know I used to work with a bunch of guys when I was at the power station and it never failed to amaze me they'd use the same cup for a cup of tea every day and that's fine but you know they'd sit it there in the, um, in the lunchroom and and you'd come up and you'd look at those cups inside. They were they were stained, tea stained and dirty. And I thought, how do you guys drink out of that? You know, I suppose if you're the only one using it, you're just kind of gathering the same germs all the time, so it's okay. But I, I you know, sometimes you'd come up to the come up to the lunchroom and you just want to drink of water and you'd pick up a cup because you've got the intentions to use it, just to have a drink of water and go. No way! I go. No way no way I think far out just drink out of my hands <laughs> so the cup <laughs> Jesus rightfully uses this incredible information he says you know what if the inside is not good you know you contaminate whatever you put into the cup will be contaminated because you've got to get that hard attitude right he says come on deal with the first the inside of the cup The Pharisees were very careful to clean the outside. In other words, they were very careful to make sure their reputation was polished, but their character was damaged. There's a difference, isn't there? D.L. Moody, the great evangelist, said, You know, if you look after your character, your reputation will look after itself. True, hey. In other words, if you deal with the inside, if you look after the character, and make sure that's going okay, you know what? You don't have to worry about the outside. It'll it'll just come up okay, fine. Uh, It'll come up okay. You don't have to worry about it. You know. Um, So, it's important to understand. The only thing, you know, I I find um, that uh, in life that I can't really change is the outside of the cup so much because it's getting old and wrinkly, isn't it? So let's just, that's life. Let's just live with it. But you know what? It says in Scripture, the inside can be changed from glory to glory. In the words, we can get better and better. Why don't we get to the age of 90 or 100 and say, you know, I feel you know, so revitalized inside because I know that I've got it, I've got it going okay inside. Outside, well, it's, it's just about dead. But inside, I'm alive. What a way to live life, eh? Hey? And it's all about what Jesus says, come on, first, deal with the inside of the cup. Here's, uh, here's the last uh, one about what we need to, if we want to you know, put his kingdom first, this is, uh, this is another one that I discovered a long time, quite a few years ago, that I've got to continually and sometimes deal with all the time and make sure that it's at the right place in my heart. Because I, I find that putting things first is about prioritizing what really needs to be put first. There's a lot of things in life, uh, but there's things I just need to put first. Uh, He says, His kingdom first, and all these other things will be added. And here's one because not only what comes out of my mouth, not only do I need to be aware what comes out of my heart, but I need to be aware what comes out of my pocket. See, you see, the reality is that the Bible says the love of what is in your pocket called money can be the root of all evil, not money itself, but the love of it. You know, you know the verse. The love of it and I've discovered that uh, that to be totally honest this is my testimony I don't know if it's yours but I continually find when I keep possessions and finance in the right place and I keep it in the right place by what I give and by giving I find that I keep all that stuff in my heart in the right place and it never—it'll try and raise its head and try and rule and reign in my life. Or if you just had a little bit more of it. Or if you had a bit more of this. Or if you had this. So you go, oh. But you know, as I continually giving, you know, every opportunity just to give. Every opportunity just to give. That's my testimony. I'm not necessarily trying to put that in you. I'm just saying that's a reality for me. Opportunities to give keep my heart in regards to possessions and material gain and finance in the right place. You, you may be aware that um, next weekend, we do this every year as a church. So if you're visiting today, that's fine. It, it probably doesn't relate to you as much. But for, for us, in you know, the body of Christ at Port City, every year we take up what we call a first fruits offering. And uh, we're going to engage in that again. And we're going to start, kick that off next Sunday. Just so you know, we're going to take up our first fruits offering. You can then give throughout the month of um, October. Is that October next month? And, and you're welcome to do that. But it'll close off at the end of October, so there'll be four weeks. If you want to participate in this offering, you're welcome to participate. Here's a verse that I love, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. It says, Honour the Lord with your what? Possessions, hey? Honour the Lord with your possessions. How do you do that? And he also says something, And with the first fruit of all your increase. Um, so your what? Your barns will be filled with plenty... And your vats will overflow with new wine. We haven't got barns and we haven't got wine vats, um, I don't think. But the reality is, we do have bank accounts and we do have things that we store stuff. Um, but the principle is applies here Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Doesn't it seem like a contradiction that when we give out, and we honor God, and we give out of our first fruits, the contradiction. How could you possibly have a barn fall? How could you have more than enough when you've given out? You give, and yet you have more. How does that happen? I tell you what, test God in Malachi 3, and you'll find out. God is incredible. People here today could testify. I just can't outgive him. He's an incredible... How, How does he give back? In many ways. In many ways, God gives back. But he says, would you participate, he says, with the first fruit of your increase. And Jesus, um, um, he he clearly, uh, not Jesus, but the Old Testament writer in Proverbs clearly talks about honoring God with this first fruit. Exodus chapter 23, 19 says this. says, the first, we'll go to that verse, the first of the first fruits of your land you should bring into the house of the Lord. Your God, and you shall not, uh, don't worry about it, you shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. I haven't got my head around the second bit, don't worry about it at the moment, but I love the first bit, first of the first fruits of your land, you should bring into the house of the Lord your God. God was saying, um, you know, why don't you consider God first? Now, whether for you that means just considering first in your tithes and your offerings, that's fine. I'd love you to participate in first fruits. It really is up to you. There's an opportunity, but uh, we're going to take um, uh, you know I know that the Jewish people at the start of the crop, when the crop crop, the first bit of the crop would ripen, they'd take the first fruit of that ripe crop and they'd bring it into the temple of God and present it to the priests and they'd use it and distribute it. See, it was the first of the first fruits. When they said that, they said, God, when we give the first of the first fruit, What we're doing is we're putting our trust in you that you will look after the rest of the years um, we need a crop to sustain uh, food for the rest of the year. We're believing for you to look after us, God, when we give the first fruit. And I just thank um, God that he does that. And as many people could testify to that today. But you know, um, that's what we're going to do. And that's what we're saying to God. God, as we give of our first fruits, we're just believing that you'll look after the rest of the 12 months that's left. From the point that we give it. So from October to October, we believe that you'll just continue to look after it. So let me encourage us. It's what comes out of our mouth that we can put first the kingdom of God. It what comes out of our heart. And I believe what comes out of our pocket. Now you could find many other scriptures that would talk about what else we need to do in regards to the first. But uh, they're the ones I just felt encourage us today. Can I just finish with this this morning where we're we going to put our first fruits you might like to know that so I thought I just didn't let you know where we're going to put our first fruits this year and I've just got some slides up there that I just want to quickly show you before we close today and the team could come up and um, thanks uh, guys we'll just put that slide up first fruits this year um, if you go out to the end of our building there you'll see that the extension is well and truly underway it's a lot further than it was when I took this picture uh, a week and a half ago, um, and on this end of the building, on that this end of the building, just the other side of that wall there, we're building two new children's church rooms. Okay, because we've just they're just running out of space. At certain times in the year, we run out of space with all our kids, um, and so what we're saying is, as first our first fruit offering, we're going to give towards those two rooms. How much do those rooms going to cost? Fifty thousand dollars to build those two rooms. You say that's a lot of money. Yeah, that's the reality of it, and that's a basic room. Okay, we're not even counting the slab that's under. We haven't. It's just fifty thousand to build the walls and build the put the doors in and and everything that we need to put in those rooms. So we're going to give our first fruits to that. Now, if we get fifty thousand, we'll give a tithe of that, like we all do, outside of ourselves. So if it was fifty thousand, it'd be five thousand. And we're going to give our tithe to these two areas. Um, A month and a half ago, 18 homes burnt down in Queensland. Um, Four lost homes in New South Wales through the bushfires. So the ACC, Australian Christian Churches, has got a fund where they take the money, if we give money to them, and it would be 2500 half of the tithe, Two and a half thousand, we could give to them, and they take that money and they give it to the churches where these houses were burned down. And those people in those churches then go and rebuild homes or provide food or provisions for those people who have lost everything. So that's where the money would go. Half of the other half would go to another fire that happened in Browan on the island of Leyte in the Philippines. Pastor Margaret lives just a kilometer and a half from that, that city. And some of us may have read her report, but 42, how many was it? 40 shops were destroyed. 200 people lost their livelihood in a matter of just an hour and a half as those shops are all butted up against each other and the fire spread really quickly. And so we're going to give a tithe or half of the tithe for Margaret to continue the work. She's already given over and beyond around about $3,000 Australian dollars to help people who lost their livelihood. Some of them are Christians, some of them aren't, but she's reaching out to people. And caring for people and helping people as she does in the Philippines. So, we're gonna help her to do that. Is that cool? That's brilliant. So, that's where we're gonna give a tithe of our first fruits. If 50 grand comes in, brilliant. 50 grand is $1,000 from 50 people. That's pretty doable. That'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? I'm just laying it out there, suggestion. Um, you know, uh, some will give less, some will give. I don't really mind, but uh, I think it's doable and that we could we could do something significant in our city and for eternity. So could we stand this morning? We're going to just worship in a moment our final song, but I just want to challenge you and encourage you today. Seek first the kingdom of God. You'll never be disappointed with it. The only times that I got disappointed is when I get disappointed. What I think, God doesn't come through for me, but sometimes what's happening is God is just uh, drawing me closer to himself through the circumstances and situations of life. Hey? He's a good God. He is up to something good all the time. He's never at any time of his life ever thinking how I can um, you know, uh, bring curse upon these people. It's always about how I can bless people. I'm so thankful for the Heavenly Father we serve. So let me pray. Father, I thank you for every person today in the hearing my voice. I so thank you for your incredible principles of first things first and how you, you long for us to draw near to you. Put, you, put your kingdom first so that everything else would go well with us because that's your desire. Thank you for that. But Father, I ask that we would have people that would not just say it, not just read it in a book called the Bible, but we would apply it. So that, Lord, we can live for you and know your blessing. We commit ourselves to you this day. And we ask, Father, for your wisdom and your love and your goodness to flow through us, even to others. And we ask that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Come on. Let's for a moment, let's just give him our best worship and praise just for a moment. hey, And uh, thank him. By the way, at First Fruits, there is these envelopes you can use next weekend. And when you come next Sunday, we're actually gonna have a bit of a first fruits presentation. And we'll come and we're actually gonna come and walk out the front and give our first fruits out the front. So you can be a part of that. That'd be great. Thank you. Let's worship.